one shot, one shot, one opportunity to bomb it like you've always wanted. In one moment, one moment, would you hit driver or just lay up? His grips are sweaty, breeze weak, hazards heavy. There's ketchup on his polo already, vodka in the Yeti. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting to keep his head down. His group goes so loud, he knows his next move, but his miss freaks him out. He's choking up how everybody's laughing now. The boy's howling, clubs up loud. Snaps back to the left again. Oh, there's a penalty. Oh, reload. Welcome to the Bomb Squad Podcast with your hosts, Matt Smith and Jerry Lou. Yeah, I'm a sports fan in the end. So, I mean, forgive me for being greedy, but I want what I want. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I know whenever, I know of- whenever I, and, and the crazy thing is, is, like, you never really appreciate in the moment, like, when you're watching what becomes future history, you're like, wow, okay, like, this is cool. And then you look back at it, like, reflect, and you're just like, like, damn, like, Tiger winning by 15 at a U.S. Open or blitzing the field at the Masters. Like, it, that stuff happened. Can you imagine some of those tournaments where if Tiger didn't win, it would have been like Ernie Els and Miguel Angel Jimenez tied at two over for 72 holes. Like, like just, just pretend there wasn't a guy putting on a clinic at Pebble beach in 2000 for the U S open. There, there was no tiger woods. It would have been a knockdown drag out uh, golf tournament, much akin to a Tom kites victory eight years prior in 92, where I think like Gil Morgan had the scoring record like he was tied for a while but then like the the weather just ate everyone's lunch for the next 27 holes or like the last 27 holes and just i i I, i'm i'm assuming tom kite scored a par after 72 holes in the 92 us open at pebble was like seven over or something i think i know there are some majors out there that 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 was the winning score uh mostly us opens obviously but yeah like I'm just looking at like, I'm thinking of, I'm trying to think of like majors where obviously it was like close, but like not that close and Tiger won. Like Woody Austin would have won the PGA at Southern Hills with PGA assistant. <laughs> you know, I don't. Lee, I Lee Westwood would have like seven majors. Oh, now, hey, Lee Westwood, we would be saying Nick who, Faldo? I mean, because like, like Westwood be, would be the British golfer there, would he not? I, I mean. Actually, I, imagine this storyline, the 2008 U.S. Open. So let's say like Tiger had to withdraw through like three rounds. And like Westwood's coming down and um, uh, what's his name? Rocco Mediate, Birdie's 18. And then <laughs> Westwood <laughs> fucking. Woody, Woody I'm sorry. Woody Austin's got the smallest Wikipedia page I've ever seen. <laughs> Name, date of birth. Once oh, there's not in. even a picture. He doesn't have a picture. Once oh. once fell into a pond during a President's Cup. Oh, that is so righteous. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for the first time ever, I'm looking up. So just as a reminder to any uh, few listeners who are still sticking with us and haven't heard one of my top three or four golden digital tips, but here's one of them. Look up golfers on Wikipedia, go to the very bottom. You will see, uh, you expand the bars open, open the tabs and you see their results in majors, very digestible, very easy to read, very easy to look up. And Woody Austin has one top 10 in a major and it was second place in 2007. Oh my God, there's a PGA.com article from 2019 titled 
Tiger Woods alternative history. Here's who do, who could have won in each of his 81 PGA Tour victories. So they oh, went we through. Could do, we could do a whole show about this. I'm glad somebody did the article though. Like let's. Who? Okay. Okay. So that means there's 15 majors to be had out there. This was obviously written after Tiger won his uh, as 15th, right? I mean. Yes. Yes. It's it's okay. completely up to date for all PGA Tour wins. So okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a ledge and say, if it worked for Tiger Woods, Phil Nicholson probably is way up there in terms of like, he'd be the major. Well, I don't know. I don't know how the list reads. Like, I, I wish I was looking at it with you, honestly. You know what? Like there's, let's get some golf talk out of the way first, some current golf talk. And then this let's go through talk. this list. Do you want to just dive right into this list? Cause the first one is mind blowing. Happy 2022, buddy. Yeah, of course. Happy new year <laughs> to you too. Guess who? Guess who would have won the Masters in 1997 had Tiger not missed the field? Oh, it was um. Oh God, was it Roca? No. Uh or or that was who Tiger was paired with in the first two rounds or something. Um, no, no, no. I'm right there. I'm right there. Uh, I know this. I freaking know this. Um, oh God, it's not VJ Singh. Uh, who is this, Minnie? Tom Kite. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I probably you probably could have given me ten minutes. I wouldn't have come up with that, but I do remember sifting through. Well, the '97 Masters is is a, a post mortem that a lot. If you're a golf fan, whether you like Tiger or not, we've all dissected that major. I mean, you mm-hmm. want to talk about something that came out of nowhere? Like, let's just rewind to April 1997 for a second. Tiger Woods is just a funny name, and mm-hmm. he's like one of a very few black golfers who's American and not like black by being Cuban or Fijian or Indian or whatever. I mean, there, there's a great, um, like, I don't want to say like biopic or like documentary, but it's just like a, a review of the 97 masters and it's got Colin Montgomery. It's got Paul Azinger. So Paul Azinger was paired with tiger for the first round. And back in 97, they still did the repairing every day. So, oh. So day two, he got paired with Paul Azinger. And Paul Azinger at this point hadn't like seen Tiger hit a shot like side by side or played with him. Um, and all, and he gives this great interview and he's like, yeah, like obviously like you knew Tiger, you know, could hit it a mile and he was super skilled and everything else. And, and he, and this is like verbatim, he goes, and we're on the first tee and he's got a three wood in his hand. And he hits the shot, like this 310 yard three wood, like a tight draw right down the middle. And Paul Azinger, he goes, and I turned to my caddy and I just mouthed, holy fuck. Like, just right to his caddy on the first tee. He's like, oh boy, like, I don't know what we're in for. Um, but but talking about, like, you know, taking a career and, and boosting it off, um, who would have been the winner had Tiger not existed in the 99 PGA Championship at Medina? Um, Sergio. You're right, yeah. So just thinking yeah. about that, Sergio would have been 19 or 20 at the time. He wasn't very old. He would have been Sergio probably... was not of American drinking age. No. He no. Was a minor. So he so he would have been younger than Tiger when he won his masters. So um that's that's an interesting well, one. That was another thing. Like God, from two from 99 to 2004, 2005, like the first five-year stretch of Tiger's like career or whatever, not to say he beat these guys down, but I really, really thought we had like Tiger is Jack, Sergio is Seve, Phil mm-hmm. is Trevino. Like we have a really, really good, like, you know, all we need is like- Ernie's in there. Yeah. We, Ernie, we Ernie would have been the Gary player. 
Right, perfect, perfect. Come and visit then the like, World Golf Hall of Fame while you're at it. Like a Palmer, Casper, and a Middlecoff thrown in there too. I mean, it's just like there are all these guys that could very easily uh, uh, pull off these roles. Marco Mira and Fred Funk, notwithstanding. But um, ultimately, <clears throat> okay. So wait, let's get back to this list, though. Um, or, or I mean, so who? So now we're at the 2000, 2000 U.S. Open, Pebble Beach. Two thousand U.S. Open. It would have been. Um, Okay, yeah, you know what? We should just break it down this way. You're right. Uh, 2000 US Open, it would have been Ernie Els and Miguel Angel Jimenez, right? That's correct. So they would have had a playoff. We don't know who would have won that, but Miguel mm-hmm. Angel Jimenez has not really been... I got to admit, that was the first I really heard of him, and he stuck the hell around. Like, he was in second place from wire to wire, not saying that's a good... Like, it was in Tiger's shadow, but <laughs> guess what, folks? Like, uh, he essentially... It's like, if Tiger didn't exist, he would have been the wire to wire winner. So, mm-hmm. I mean, or, or had the potential to be, which is a very fun feat to do, especially at the U.S. Open. And then at the British Open, well, would have been, so Ernie Els had three runner-ups that year. He had at the Masters, he had at the U.S. Open, and then he had it again at St. Andrews. But I, was he tied with anybody in second? Thomas Bjorn. Ooh. Future yeah. British Open winner, Thomas Bjorn. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we all know if Tiger wasn't around for the 2000 PGA Valhalla, Bob May, ha, would have just won outright. <laughs> yeah, by five. Well, get this, by five strokes over Thomas Bjorn. Thomas Bjorn yeah. had back-to-back top threes in majors that year. Like, Thomas Bjorn. I, like was, to, I love to make fun of Thomas Bjorn for a lot of things, but he is a very good golfer. Like, I've, I've, never, I've never besmirched his, uh, his ability. He's, it's kind of like Nick Faldo. Like, I could say a million dumb things about him or dopey things, but when it comes to, like, being a golfer, it's like, nah, he, he hit the ball around. He got it around very well, so... Now we need to we need to acknowledge as well the Triple Crown that year, which is the third tournament. It's a national championship. What the Canadian Open? That's correct. Low amateur that year was Mike Weir. No, actually, it wasn't. But, uh, <laughs> I God, thought you were God. setting me up. Oh my God! I thought I nailed that one. <laughs> I, I, I actually have, I was being serious. <laughs> he, he would already been pro at that point, but uh, I have no idea where Mike Weir finished in that tournament. But uh, yeah, obviously the famous bunker shot that year to beat Grant Waite by one shot. So shout out to Grant Waite, who I believe works with the Golf Channel still a little bit. But uh, but moving well, wait, on. Wait, wait, yeah, way to shoehorn your Canadian Open in there. You don't see, hear me talk about the the players. U.S. Ever. Open. <laughs> oh yeah, it's only a major. It's only like everyone's second favorite tournament. I mean, come on. Uh, um, 2001 Masters. So Tiger completes his Tiger Slam by winning four consecutive majors. I know Phil was with him in the last group, but I don't know if Phil took second in that tournament. Did he? He did not. David Duval. Ah, DD. That's right, because he D. did go on to win his only major later that year. That's correct. So, oh, David Duval in a green jacket would be a good fit. Like I. I re- you want to talk about like you miss them when they're gone. I remember when David Duval was an active player. I guess I guess I was in Camp Tiger, which means I wasn't in Camp Duval. Like I actually I was more like an Ernie Els guy growing up. Like I mean I just I liked uh, him a lot more. But like Duval, like now that he hasn't played in forever, I'm kind of like no, I want him back. Like I want him. I want that guy. That guy's got a magical swing. Like, like for, mm-hmm. for all those things that people we can't break down Payne Stewart swing at all, and everyone wants to swing. Well, I'd take David Duvall's where it's just like it looks like everything's incorrect, but it still works. I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> he was DJ before DJ even existed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Except not the same looking athlete. Nor or like, wife. Like or Duvall. <laughs> Duvall looks like DJ crammed into a like a five foot ten frame. <laughs> like, yeah, he, just, he, like, he looks. He looks like he, they put somebody out of. 
out of office space. One of the guys from the cubicles went, okay, we're going to give you DJ swing. Go nuts. Just looks <laughs> yeah, like that's, this, that's this guy important. that works nine to five. Uh, uh, he, he looks like he works at the lumber mill or something. He's got forearms. Like he's got them, like Dave Duvall's got them big ass arms. I mean, yeah, he does. The baby, that could be the baby fat. I mean, whatever. Uh, anyways, enough of that. Um, so Tiger's next major. Um, two masters. Yes. And the runner up that year. I'm not, I don't remember. Was it VJ? Retief Goosen. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're, we're hitting that little stretch where goose was loose for a few years. Um, yeah. So goose would have won the 2001 U S open the year prior and then comes to the masters and finishes, finishes second. So obviously he's in kind of his prime too. Um, <coughs> oh, that sounds he would, great. He would obviously go on to win another U S open, but also won the WGC American express that year as well, or sorry, tiger won it. And again, Retief Goosen was the runner up. Right. Um, now, the O2 U.S. Open was in Beth Page in New York. Yeah. Oh, God. I feel like the cop-out. Happy guess. birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. What are you Happy birthday, dear. Whose birthday is... Big red gum. I don't know. <laughs> what the who's, hell are you talking about? Whose who's birthday is on Father's Day weekend almost every year? Birthday? Yeah. Is it Phil? It's Phil. Oh, see, again, it's, <clears throat> I know Phil had a lot of runner ups, but I don't, I just, I'm trying to, I, my memory, if my memory serves, it wasn't Tiger, like this would have been Phil's first runner up, right? Like in terms of like our whole hypothetical of Tiger wasn't around, would this have been Phil's first major? This is Phil's first major runner up to Tiger, yes. Okay. So. Yeah, because that's that's how the game works. Because uh, Payne Stewart didn't disappear, uh, and we're not hy- hypothetically saying, well, who would have won those tournaments? And then, yes, Phil would have won in Pinehurst number two in '99. But no, I remember that was Tiger in '02. Beth Page, he was like four under par for the tournament. Phil was like two under. Then there was like a guy at even, and then a bunch of people at two over. Like it was a it was a soggy tournament, mm-hmm. kind of a bummer. But I also remember distinctly that was when. Tiger was in that patented mode of like, I think he had like a four shot lead going into the final hole. And like, he hit a four iron up the fairway and then hit a horrible approach and just dicked around the green hard, but still took a, I think it was a bogey or a double bogey. He took on the last hole, but he still won the major by two. I most remember that tournament for, um, there's a couple of things, obviously Tiger winning, um, but yes, it was very wet. Um, But um, oh my God, just had his name, Ricky Barnes. Ricky Barnes was an amateur at the time. Uh, was was leading i believe during the second or second round and then it it rained and then the same thing happened in 09 when lucas glover ended up winning ricky byron's like collapsed on sunday it was a saturday afternoon lead it was it was bad he had the duck hooks but uh yeah i also remember tiger breaking his three wood on accident on the range remember before the tournament remember that so he was playing at the time he had the little uh, titleist pt 13 little tiny little fairway wood and Mm -hmm. um he uh I remember the, the video distinctly in my head. Like he went to hit a shot and he was in his follow through. The camera was like kind of almost down the line, but back behind him. And then as he's like pulling his club down, you could see the head is dangling from the end of the shaft, just dangling there. <clears throat> and I remember my old man and I, he, he played like the first two rounds without a three wood or something or played the tournament without a three wood. He played mm-hmm. with 13 clubs in his bag, at least for a round. I know that for a fact. It might've been for a round man. because 
my old man and I kept saying, like, well, isn't there a tour van or doesn't he have extra or something? And he even Tiger even said, and I quote, well, I just got a little armsy with the driver sometimes and hit some weak hooks when I would have hit a three wood instead or whatever. I'm just like, this man's brilliant. Like, he has literally, like, cut one of his toes off and he went out and beat us in a race still. Like, I mean, come mm-hmm. on. No. And he used the three wood to good effect, too. I mean, it's like, it it's obviously helps if you're strong. Because, I mean, three wood's usually just a conservative club. But, I mean, but if you can make it a weapon, I mean, <laughs> watch talk out. To he- talk to Henrik Stenson. Yeah, well, he only won one maybe. 2005 Masters. There's a huge gap there where Tiger didn't win, huh? Uh, 2005 Masters. Was it Phil again? No, no. It was pretty famous. Some guy guy chipped in from the first cut on 16. Gene Sarazen? And then the guy he was playing with was like the founder of the claw grip on tour, or the saw grip. DeMarco? Chris DeMarco, yeah. DeMarco held up because I knew he was the 36 hole leader and he was pretty steady, but uh DeMarco, um yeah, I do remember that. That was 05, huh? Wow. Hey, burn burned both lips on seven on 18 and no, they they were in a playoff, were they not? That was a playoff. I don't I don't think so. Well you're because yeah, Tiger because Tiger funny. You got multiple screens in front of you. Come on. Tiger Tiger bogeyed 17, 18, I thought. Well, at any rate, um, <laughs> so wait, that was um, yeah, first play DeMarco. with DeMarco. DeMarco rolled it over the edge on 18, and then he like rolled it over the edge again on on uh, the first playoff hole. And then right, Tiger, so DeMarco, I'm sorry, go ahead. And then Tiger drained the birdie putt, I do believe. Anyways. So DeMarco would have a major. That'd, that'd mm-hmm. be cute. Um, what's here's, here's a fun one. 2005 Open Championship at St. Andrews. Um, see, at some of these, I am literally just going to be stabbing in the in, in, in the in the dark blind. So I'm going to guess Ernie Els on this one. Nope, he's Scottish though. Sc- Colin Montgomery. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Mm. That's super interesting because he does not have a major. He's got like 39 European Tour wins, zero PGA wins. That's correct. Like, you, want, you want to talk about the perfect foil of like you know, like seven or eight time league. Order of Merit league. winner. Oh, yeah, uh, 10 times, nine in a row. Or he won like eight in a row and won it nine times total, or he won nine in a row with 10 times total. He is exa- mm-hmm. he is a Yankee outfielder playing in Fenway. Like, I mean, every time he came over to America, it just like, it just, it, it was the right quintessential cliche recipe for like a foreign guy on American turf and he's going to get razzed and it's going to, and it's going to affect his game. Cause just look at, for fuck, look, look at Montgomery for crying out loud. He looks like a guy who gets annoyed easily. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> 2006 Open Championship, famous for Tiger only hitting one driver the entire week. For the record, um, Colin Montgomery's swing like 20 years ago. Were you flexing your bicep just now? Or is it twitching? <laughs> You're, you can only turn me on right now. So, I mean, just, just pump the brakes there, buddy. Can we do the pecs too? The pec dance? I thought you, I thought you were doing the pecs. <laughs> um, Colin Montgomery had one of the sweetest swings. He, he very really smooth, had one of those very smooth, very smooth, very accurate. He looked like the guy you would put on top of a big gold golf trophy. Like he was very, very much had, he was, he wasn't the logo, but I mean, I, I, I would, if I were to nickname him, I'd call him the pose. I mean, uh, I, I, w- I remember watching him uh, early in the 2000 us open at pebble again, like, my God, he just, his swing was just so perfect. I remember seeing it on like a slow-mo and I'm just like, Oh, this looks even better. I mean, it's just, it's so good. <laughs> 
very, very smooth rhythmic action for sure. It, it, it's to me, it, it, it is how, how you would say like, maybe like the definition of fundamental. Like when you look at that swing, you're just like, this is the swing. If I could verbalize to an alien or somebody who's blind or can't speak English or like how, how, what the golf swing is, I'd try to describe Colin Montgomery's golf swing. <laughs> That's fair. I like that. <clears throat> now, what'd you say? What was the next one? <clears throat> 2006 open championship. They returned to, um, Royal something, and it was burnt out. Tiger, <laughs> Tiger pulled out like that four iron. He's only hitting like irons off the tee. Hit driver once. Dude, let it be known now that if you and I ever like open a golf course or like Hoy a, Lake, uh, Hoy Lake, return to Hoy Lake, ever, Royal Liverpool. If we ever open a clothing line, apparel line, or like a golf course, whoever, please tell me. Say we can be called Royal something. <laughs> Royal something. Yeah, why not? I would. That is. That reminds me of the name of a bar I saw in Baltimore called a. Uh, I think it was called that place or I don't remember. And that, and it was like a huge bar. Cause they'd be like, Hey, where'd you go last night? I don't remember. And like, I, and, but that, that's just, that's the joke of it. I mean, I'm just like, okay, that's cute. You know, luckily you're big enough. You do business or it's like, it's like naming. It's like naming your, your bar at the church. <clears throat> you go last night. I went to church. church. Did you have a good time. Yeah. I got hammered. Dude, or, or, Oh, see, this would be fun. Uh, tangent on tangent here. I'd name a bar McDonald's just to fuck with people. <laughs> <laughs> or, people or, would be so just kids start showing up at like 11 o'clock stone like, hey, go get a big mac and it's like yo dude not the right place, not the right or, place. i i name it kfc but it's like the letters stand for something different like corn fairy oh, cox or something <laughs> oh pf pfk up here pfk what's pfk kfc in french oh oh poulet so is- fried kentucky <laughs> wait a minute wait, pfk all right so P- we what's the p Poulet, chicken chicken in french how do you P-O-U-L-E-T. spell o-u-l-e-t wow hmm. french is man french is trickier than i thought oh it's very tough i mean i know spanish pretty good I, i'm just a little rusty with it but just because you know one language doesn't mean they're all like the same but i mean a lot of those latin-based languages are pretty similar but i mean french is just like, right, is off, like, off, off topic, off topic. 2006 <laughs> Open Championship. Let's go. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm going to guess. Um, not Wrong. Thomas. Chris DeMarco. What? Yeah. Chris DeMarco would have won. The, I'm not shitting you. Wow. Okay. I thought Chris DeMarco only had that one President's Cup and that one Masters, and that was it. No. Now, the next one gets even better. The 2006 PGA Championship at Medina. Hmm. Um, see, again, I'll be... Just because it sounds right, I'll say Jim Furyk. I don't know. You you would remember that um, Luke Donald would have been leading after the third round, paired with Tiger in the final group. But Sean McKeel, Sean McKeel oh. would have been the runner-up. Which would have given him two majors for his career. Not too shabby. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um... Okay, moving to 2007, 2007 PGA Championship. We already went over this one. Yes. Woody Austin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you forgot already. Well, this um, the list, I was just thinking to myself, the list isn't really being dominated by any certain names or players. You know, it's not like, like mm. Rory would have had four more majors or whatever. It's just like everyone had a different runner-up to like, uh, Chris DeMarco is probably like the, the only guy that would have benefited the most so far. <laughs> 
And then you had the 2008 U.S. Open at Torrey. Obviously, we know who finished runner-up there, losing in a playoff. There's, I, I don't want to call Rocco a one-and-done, but, I mean, it's kind of make, becoming the category of all these people, so to speak. It's it, 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 Phil, it looks like Phil would have only had one more major, right? Mm-hmm. Impressive. Now, now, and then the 2009 Masters. Wouldn't this have been a, a, a current-day playoff? Oh, let me get – is it like DJ? DJ's in there. There's so three he, players. Three players tied for second. Oh, gosh. I remember oh. – um, oh, I, I remember um, Angel Cabrera. Nope. He was in jail. In 09? No, in, in 2019. Oh, I think Tiger, said, oh. Tiger didn't win another major from 2008 to 2019. Well, that's why I froze. I'm like, Masters 09? What? Um, oh, no, 2019. I still meant DJ when I said Masters 09. <laughs> I, I meant it. That's what, and then that's why I said Angel Cabrera. Um, no, I, I actually saw this the other day, and it's, it's, it's kind of killing me that I forget who it was, but I mean, it was DJ and mm-hmm. another really accomplished name. And then another, and the other one was kind of a surprise. Mm-hmm. We had Brooks Kepka. Okay. And, and give me Xander Shoffley. Oh, okay. Well, I'd say both those guys are worthy. Like not, neither one of them was a surprise where it's like, Oh, you were runner up. So, so you went out of playoff amongst three fellas where one of them has four majors, one has two and one has none. So I think mm-hmm. that would have been exciting no matter what. Who, no matter how that playoff turned out, I mean, between those three guys, I think America would be very happy. Unless you're like, well, unless you're one of those really, there's a lot of people who don't like Brooks Kepka. There's a lot of, yeah, he's, he's polarizing for sure. The way he kind of plays the, the bully type per se, when it comes to certain people on the PGA tour. Yeah, but see, I, I like him whether he means that or not. I just look at it like, well, who else is going to do it? And he's like the kind of guy who's just like, oh, He's like, fuck you. Yeah, I got you guys aren't going to say anything. I'll say something to the officials. I don't care. And it's just like, boom, I'm glad somebody is really, really. I mean, it's that's why I like Bryson DeChambeau so much is he's just like Bubba Watson could be doing things that Bryson's doing. And I give Bubba credit for that because I'm giving credit to those who are doing it. That's really why when it comes to the like Bryson versus Brooks thing, I'm like, crap, I like them both equally. And I don't think they dislike each other. I, I said that from minute one. Remember that stupid little feud that they bungled? I mean. Yeah, I, I just I like Brooks because I mean I can relate to his personality a bit in, in that like where he just tells it like it is. It's just he's way more handsome than me and way more muscular and a way better golfer about the three things that really probably only matter to me in terms of like a personal sense. <laughs> so mm. so that was interesting. I mean, there's not too many, not really any dominant people, so to speak. I mean, <clears throat> and it's not like there was a Greg Norman snuck in there or anything like that. I mean. No, nothing, nothing crazy. Nothing that really pops out, and you're like, "Wow, that would have been crazy." Um, there is so a Pete we, so, Stewart on the list, though. His second win at Walt Disney in 1996. So who? So who's to say? Not to say I was trying to find a point in this, but it's kind of formulating in my head where it's like, so if Tiger hadn't won those majors, it's not like we would have. He, he was number one, and then the, the, really there wouldn't have been like a dominant player, so to mm-hmm. speak. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, there's a lot of what ifs that could play out in terms of like if the man never existed for other tournaments and et cetera, so forth. But I mean, that, that was kind of that was interesting, Smitty. That was very interesting. I, I, I was interested. It, you know, it's kind of funny here. You look at like 96, 97, 98, um, who the, the runner up slash uh, alternate winner would have been if Tiger didn't exist. Um, the Golf Channel would have had some some. Uh, 
some staff with some PGA Tour wins on their resume. You had uh, Lee Rinker, you had Frank Noblo, Jadon Blake, and Billy Ray Brown. <laughs> well, but but also, who's to say? I mean, if you do good at golf and you're confident, and you make enough money or whatever, and it keeps like perpetuatingly like the snowballing, you might not find yourself in the broadcast booth. I mean, fair enough. That, that's why I didn't want to get too it, – it, it can get more and more hypothetical the more we think about it, like what if Tiger didn't exist or, you know. I, I'm just taking it strictly for here's the equation. Let's remove one variable, and let's just see how the rest of the math would have played out in just a little fun, and eh, it was fun. I'm, I, but, but I'm actually kind of miffed where I'm just like, wow, Rory. Like, I'm trying to – see, the thing – the thesis I'm trying to form here is some kind of – is like there wasn't a dominant runner up or like – no matter when Tiger won, it was a different guy behind him every time. And I'm sure if we look at his PGA Tour record as well, too, just for regular tournaments, it would reflect much the same as well. I yeah, mean, that list actually which, which, speaks to, which speaks to golf exactly. If you're not Jack Nicholas or you're not Bobby Jones or you're not Tiger Woods, you're just one of the bunch. I mean, mm-hmm. really, really, that's why I give so much credit to Phil Nicholson and Brooks for being like four majors, five majors, Rory McElroy, four majors. I mean, that's not for nothing. If Tiger was gone and we chopped up those uh, 14, 15 majors to everybody, no, the, the tide would just go up an inch for every single boat. Nobody would be clearly emerged as like, oh, oh, now what do we now what do we do, Smitty? Do we look up all of Jack Nicholas's runner-ups? <laughs> uh, that would be an exercise for another day, I think. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see a couple of I names will, on there. Uh, I am going to do that when we get off the air. I will, um, when we get done recording, I shall uh, crack that one out myself. Let me just write nice. this one. Runner ups, UPS, what can Brown do for you? Man, I see. do you ever, you still probably for your job, you write. Or is everything just electronic for you? I mean. Uh, 99.9% typing and yeah but i I do like i i have a notepad and i like i love post-it notes i love writing i do like writing well good for you i i well i'm surrounded by legal pads aplenty here but i mean the the the, every day i go without doing actually like still writing and i feel like a a slobby retard like they're just sloppy i don't know i feel emasculated that i can't write anywho oh sorry uh we kind of did, uh, it, it turned into a little test last week. I remember telling everyone off that poll that I had, I said, um, everyone who said Morikawa wins his third major before those three other uh, goons win a major. I said, I'd personally shout out everyone who said Morikawa. I forgot, but that's also proof that, uh, you know, yeah, nobody gets back to us because uh, there were like seven or eight names I should have mentioned and nobody said Boo saying, hey, where's my shout out? So <laughs> now you didn't say when you were going to give them a shout out. Well, also, I'm not digging back eight days into my Twitter feed, dog. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> who do we... We don't have to do, like... We're not going to do, obviously, like a full-blown, like, uh, 2020 you... Take two. 2022. Man, oh, my God. Is this year going to be a tongue twister? Christ, 2022. 2022. Red leather, yellow leather, 2022. Um, How now, brown cow. The arsonist had oddly shaped feet. <clears throat> it's we're not going to do like a whole breakdown of every major. We'll, we'll we'll do that obviously the week before each major. But I mean, I still want to get a little grip on. I know that I've made certain claims as to who I think is going to win, but I I, I almost want to like 
nail it down with a who's going to win what at this point. So, I mean, I can I can do this on the fly. I really haven't nailed it down for sure. But I mean, Augusta, who do you think is going to be winning that? I mean, just give me like a little, uh, give me a paragraph or, uh, or do you have any thoughts at all? Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay. Okay. Or George Spieth. Sp- really, really, Spieth. Mm-hmm. I think we need to make a little wager on that. I and I will give you healthy odds, but I'm not going to start the bidding. <laughs> Spieth's not. Spieth's not winning the Masters. That's very nice no? of you to say. I th- I think he is. Okay. Well, uh, let's. See. Oh no, that that just says. It just says at Smitty sucks. Um, Cause I lost on the Hovland bet last year, but we, like I said, there were like, whether we call them bomb bucks or, or whatever like that. Uh, I think uh, shop, I, shop credit, shop credit. We were, we were betting for shop credit. It was a hundred to one. I said Hovland wins a major next year or last year. He didn't, which means I owe you one <laughs> or in terms of like bets that we've like gone through on whatever, but, but uh, shoot if man I'll, I'll pay you off 10 times if jordan if jordan spieth wins the masters seriously one, 12 no hell no 10 is way too robust i feel like it's it's still christmas down here for you i mean <laughs> um yeah uh, well, well let's put let's put 100 shop credits on each of these bets so i picked three guys that i think will win the masters this year and you said, okay, so you said Xander, Spieth, and who was, and Cantley? Yep. Dude, you're making, okay, you're making this easy for me. Okay. Because I, obviously, I take it we can't pick the same guys. I don't think we should. And then you, we'll snake yeah. it. So you can pick 2022, you, uh, sorry, PGA Championship first. Okay. Oh, okay. You know what? Good call. I'll, I'll just, I'll shorthand this and I'll write it uh, later. That's uh, Smitty's Masters Picks. Uh, so my, so my three, then my three for the masters, um, I'm going to say Dustin Johnson. I'm going to say, um, hmm. Xander is a very amazing choice. Can't lay, can't hurt you. Spieth is uh, funny. Fine. I'll say DJ. I'll say Morikawa just, just cause. And, yeah, but um, bad putters can't win at Augusta. Remember? Sing it from the mountains, brother. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Since when is Morikawa a bad putter? Like, since Harding Park, I think he's kind of, like, we, we he's cleaned that, that up. One, he's cleaned that, that up. It, it, it was his one grade on his report card that was a C, and now it's a B plus. I mean, it's like, okay, whatever. I mean, he's like Mike Trout almost, where it's just like, oh, it's he's a four and a half tool player. Like, very, very, no, 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 no missing seams anywhere. Um... <laughs> Off the top of your head, do you know what John Rahm's record is at Augusta? I mean, just, I, I feel like John Rahm travels well. That's why we've never really talked about him at Augusta. No? I mean, answer. Sure he, he was in contention a couple years ago until he had that shank from the middle of the eighth fairway. Well, the world needs ditch diggers, too. Uh, hmm. Shout out so, to Judge, uh, Judge Smales on uh, Twitter. I'm gonna say John Rahm because get this, I'm uh, I'm looking at his uh, recent performances and his all his performances period in the Masters. He has mm-hmm. played in five so far, starting in 2017, and in 2017 was his worst finish at T27, and then he went fourth, 
T9, T7, T5. He is marching. He is marching right up there. Talk about like I had to I had to look it up because I'm like, well, how is Ram at Augusta? Oh, he's uh trend trending, he's creeping up there. So okay. Okay, I like this. I like this on the fly here. So now we go to Southern Hills for the PGA Championship. Mm-hmm. And I gotta go first. Southern Hills. It's gonna be in May, so it's not that hot. Mm-hmm. Now, what sorry to ask you this on the fly. What other majors have been played at Southern Hills? Because the one that we've talked about ad nauseum, the one that I think of is um uh Goosens in 2001, the one where Mark Brooks we, we talk about it a, a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know they've had other tournaments there since, right? I mean, I know if Kit Mann listened to us, he'd be, he'd be screaming at his uh, phone right now, but he's too big for our britches. Oh, Tiger kind of won a PGA championship there in 2007. But is right. That was the one that was kicking around in my head, but were there any others other than those two? Oh, yeah. I think, so, I think Green won there in 1975, but that doesn't count. I mean, yeah. So 77 U.S. Open was there. Um, so so going chronologically from most recent, you obviously had the 2007 PGA and 2001 U.S. Open, which we already mentioned. You had the 94 PGA, the 82 PGA, the 77 U.S. Open, the 1970 PGA, and the 58 U.S. Open. Damn. Yeah. I, so I, I like Southern Hills. When we're done, also when we're done doing this, I want to go. Uh, so most most famously, the ninety four the ninety four PGA was where Nick Price set the um, scoring record. Yeah, he did sixty three in a major. Right, he's the first player to second player to do that. We never. There's not too much to talk about him, but you want to talk about an underrated, not talked mm-hmm. about enough golfer, uh, Nick Price. Now I know all you Mark O'Mara fan club people out there are like yelling, saying like, "What about that guy?" Well, other than his two majors and being Tiger's uncle, uncle father, Marky. I don't know what else to say, but I mean, Nick Price had a very, very, very distinct golf swing that I, I don't know who to equate it to. It was like Rich Beams, but with, but better, but it obviously came before Rich Beams, but it, it seemed to be like a very upright, very, uh, I, 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 I don't very, know. Very, very, very quick tempo. Um, but he, he swung like a tall man, but he wasn't a tall man. You know what I'm saying? He really reminds his his motion to me really reminds me of of Charles Howell the third, um, just with how quick really? the pace is. Yeah, with the with the tempo of the swing. Oh, oh, so okay, I got you. You're sorry, not to say it like this. You're stuck on that, but that makes sense because that is key. I don't want to ignore that. What I'm saying is like, you know what I mean by like when I say a rich meme swing, where it's just like rich meme had this swing where he looks like he's always swinging a club that's five inches longer than it should be. He looks like a ten year old swinging his dad's clubs. And he's got this very, it's not loopy, it's almost loopy, but it goes up. And then when it comes, it, it, it like comes straight down and then they have a finish like right up by their head. Like, I mean, it's, it, it, it's not attractive, but it works. Like, it looks like you're playing like a high trap draw. Like, like you're the one, like you're like my boy, Nate Cooper, that guy. I've never seen him take a divot. I've never seen him move a single blade of grass when he hits the ball and he hits the ball so high. I do not know how, like he is so precise at the bottom that I feel like he should be better at golf than he fucking is. But ultimately, like he, he just sweeps it and then the ball flies up in the air with a little baby draw. And I'm like, how did physics, how do you do that? How do you do that? I fancy myself as like a wannabe math major. That doesn't add up. It just, it, it's tough. But yeah, Nick Price, Nick Price, oh my goodness. 
this is like kind of there really is something here. I don't know if I've said this before, but there's the curse of the PGA Championship, dog, because it is the one tournament where if it's the one major you win, it, it can be the most fluky. And that Jason Day only has one major. Jason Day is an assassin of a golfer, a very, very, very good golfer who probably you could call him overrated, but I, I could still call him underrated. And that he only has one major, PGA Championship. Another cat just like that, Justin Thomas, mm-hmm. who. Because I'm starting to think about this golf swing. I'm like, oh, yeah, Justin Thomas. Talk about it like a little pocket rocket who, like, makes – it takes supreme advantage of the speed and the angles, and it works. So I'm not saying that the, that Nick Price's swing and Justin Thomas's swing are similar, but in terms of, like, what I see when I see Nick Price swing, working the angles, d- d- getting, getting the most benefit out of what you're doing without, like, having to, like, completely alter your flight path or, or flight plan or whatever. I mean – I, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying, though. I'm trying. I, I just. I'm. I don't want to identify it a certain way, but I also don't know how to. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, Nick. I remember Nick Price. If if you put a if you put a gun to my head and said, "All right, somebody has a say for Tiger," you have a 200 yard fairway bunker shot. You have to land in a tight area, and the golfer is a four iron. Who you picking? I'm. I, I'm. Gonna, I'll step up for, first and say Nick Price because I've seen him do that shot a lot. Like there's something about his swing that's built for bad lies. Who cares? Funny you say that because I can still remember it was like a golf digest article. I was probably like, I couldn't drive yet. So I was like probably 15, maybe 16. Um, and I was coming into my own as a player. And I remember and seeing this. And as a man, I, my balls had finally dropped. Um, what, what I remember is, is reading uh, basically like a, this is how I, play these shots article by nick price and his shot that the one he talked about was a fairway bunker shot he said i always try to play a cut in the fairway bunker shot because i don't want to try to like drop the club lower and try to scoop it out right because you're going to hit sand first i want to try to pick it a little bit thin with a cut swing that way i'm coming down on the ball a little more so i'm going to try to hit ball first and by doing that it's it's going to cut automatically when you try to hit it thin as well it's really hard to hit a thin draw i don't know if anybody's yeah. ever tried that but uh my boy, my boy yeah. cooper makes a living off of that <laughs> <laughs> but well, it, uh, it yeah looks, i, I still remember thin, that to this day. that's that's crazy that you that you said that and brought that up well yeah i mean a lot of great nick hot nick price talk uh going on right now i mean but that's that's that is, therein lies the key smitty ah yeah as our friend jeff goldblum would say ah yes but but therein lies the key to uh organic golf conversation yes 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 also i remember distinctly that bunker shot that i saw nick price hit my grandfather and i were watching it was a it was at doral or or sawgrass or some shit like that in the mid 90s or late 90s and i remember just me and my grandfather watching golf on tv and the announcers were talking about something i was not paying attention i wasn't and then all of a sudden he hits this shot into a very tiny tight tuck pin on this wide open green, but it's dangerous tuck pin. He stripes a four iron to like gimme distance or like definitely inside the leather. And then my grandfather gets all huffy. I look at him like, what's the problem? And he said, these stupid golf announcers right before they hit the shot, they make it sound like every single shot's the most impossible shot in the world. And then when they put it next to the hole, they sound like, Oh, this is so, Oh, the most amazing. And, and, and it stuck with me when he said that, cause I'm just kind of like, you know what? that's why I like Johnny Miller. That's why I ultimately, if I could have a dream job and hopefully pay the bills, whatever, I'd love to be a golf commentator. 
I'd love to work for a network. I, I think it would be a blast. I would try to do my own thing, but it, it, so long as I got paid and it worked, whatever. But Johnny Miller, like when I'm watching golf on TV, I try to see things and call things before anyone else does in the bar to look a little smarter or whatever. But I mean, it's like if I'm watching a golfer and he'll hit a bad shot, I'll just be like, he pulled it or like he pushed it. 90 to 80% of the time I'm right which is a good, mm-hmm. a good hit rate or whatever. Cause, but at the same time, people are like, how'd you know that? And then when in my head, I'd be like, well, it looked like he, I'm saying this to myself. It looked like he trapped it. looked like he kind of came over the top, but then did this quickly, which normally results in a right to left shot, not a left to right shot, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff. That's what I go through in my head or, or moreover, what's easier, a, a thin shot or a fat shot. Those are way easier to de- detect. Even I can see it when on a TV or when watching TV, not in person, Johnny Miller does the same thing. Like if a guy's like, has like a 10 foot putt, or whatever, and he hits it, and it only goes six feet. The second he goes a foot, Giant just goes, "Oh, he choked!" Like he just like he just says it right away. He's just like, "Oh, oh, he screwed that one up." And I'm like, "But that—that's how we sound when we watch golf, isn't that what we?" Everyone says, "Oh, I want the guy I can relate to, the guy I can have a beer with." Well, then it's Johnny fucking Miller, folks. Because if you know anything about golf and enjoy watching golf on TV, he says and thinks exactly like the way we should. And and I'm not that, saying he got that, really that he, eats, like uh, him, but... he eats the aerosol cheese out of a can dude i just did that about a week ago (laughs) and actually i had so i don't even think i don't even think they sell that in canada i i wouldn't even know where to buy it it's 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 becoming more scarce in america too in the parts i've i've tried to find it because it's uh, It's an american novelty oh of all the things americans invented food wise that we're not proud of that is even worse but uh like case in point today i almost bought some more because i went to work i had an 850 round at sheep ranch and it was oh 30 miles an hour with wind and rain it was storming i was not unhappy to uh be sent home because they didn't need us evidently a few of us caddies but bullfrog's been working with these guys um for a few years now and i just randomly got put in the group but it's um los angeles angels catcher max stassi and his two brothers and like their buddies they come to bandon about this time every year and I got to meet Max because I was chatting with the other caddies. I saw him even instead of my phone, it said I have the Stassi group. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's, you always, whenever you see the name, you think celebrity of, of whatever kind you can. But I'm just like, well, that's a very oddly specific name, but I don't care. Jennifer, after being a Braves fan, she's an Angels fan. So, and Stassi's a good catcher. He's a, he's a really good catcher. I would say catchers in baseball are almost like quarterbacks in the NFL where it's like there's 30 teams, 32 teams, five of them are set. Like when it comes to baseball, I can name five catchers that you're pleased as your catcher. The rest of them is just like, just don't get hurt. Just play as much as you can. Give me 140 games. And then we'll put our backup first baseman behind the backstop or whatever. <laughs> but anyways, needless to say, uh, Stassi, I would say is he's good. I, I, I don't know what his career numbers are, but I mean, he strikes me as a very, very solid up and comer at a very difficult position. I guess for now we can call him Matt Wieters because Matt Wieters, best part of his career was right when he showed up in the bigs. <laughs> Cause I know I watched mm-hmm. it in Baltimore. It was, it was a lot of fun. All the chances they gave him and he just, he performed very C minus, but I mean, for a catcher, a lot of teams would take that. So anyways, um, long story the, boring. We're back yeah, to the 2022 today, I was, PGA. I was going to buy some spray cheese. <laughs> that was all I was getting. <laughs> oh my. Sorry. Um, oh my. This is why you love me, Smitty. <laughs> we just touch so many topics. And this is, well, see now when you and I do our weekly show, 
not to say we have a time limit, but we kind of do. Um, but I mean, I don't want to keep you, but podcasts should be about an hour long or whatever. But ultimately, like if we do, if we were, this, is, this is my loudest looper podcast, like the other one, we just keep going and going until we're done or we're bored or we drank all the whiskey or smoked all the pot. Like, I mean, that's, that's how that goes. But uh, so Southern Hills, I was asking Tiger. Okay. He, he won there. I get to pick three people for Southern Hills. I'm uh, going to do DJ again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna mm, I'm gonna take Bryson. Okay. And <laughs> it just now occurred to me I should take Morikawa every time, just because that's like gonna cover all my bets for him winning <laughs> majors this year. But um, um, that's a, that's a cowardly thing. That's a, that's a coward. A coward would do that. Okay, okay. I ain't yellow. I ain't yellow. Um, I'll uh, I'll throw. I'll take uh, Brooks Kepka for the PGA. I'll, I got all my. I got my big Wolfpack boys here. I got DJ Bryson and Brooks. Who do you got? Uh, JT. Ooh, ooh, sneaky. I like that one. Damn. I got- He's cost me I, a lot of money too. He's like Victor I, Holland. He's cost me. Money. I I actually didn't think that Bryson would show up on this list, but uh, um, I, I wish I said JT first. <laughs> I wish I was I'm going. Better. I'm going JT. I'm going Victor Holland. Oh, shove it right in my face! Why don't you? I like it. I like it. <laughs> and I'm oh, going... if he fucking wins! This is the year I'm off the Holland train. If he finally wins, I'm gonna be so pissed off. And I'm going Jordan Spieth again. Oh, this is oh, see, you're practically giving him to me with that, another Spieth pick. I why don't I say more cow every time just to really hedge my bets? <laughs> I'm actually I'm surprised you took uh, took Bryson. Uh, the only reason I do is because I am too. Um, Southern Hills is known for its dog legs, its uneven lies in the fairways, its ups and downs. Uh, smaller greens um it's not like i i say this now it it it's not a course that when you look at it on paper you're gonna go i can overpower this golf course and and everybody was saying the entire the exact same thing about the u.s open but what they forgot about at the u.s open is that the fairways are so small nobody's hitting the fairway anyways um and the greens are so large there that he was able to still just muscle a wedge, muscle something onto the green or near it or close enough uh, that he could take advantage of being in the rough. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I know Gil Hans redid um, or restored um, Southern Hills a couple of years ago. Uh, like I had mentioned in a previous episode where Mike Weir was in contention at the senior PGA last year. Um, it, it showed well and, and, it, and it did play wide there. So I'm, I'm interested to see how wide the fairways will play there um, and, and how they kind of taper in the rough situation. But uh, yeah, it should be interesting to see. So really looking forward to that one. And, and uh, Bryson as, as a pick there, Brooks, he was definitely on my list for sure. Um, but yeah, it should be interesting. So, so us open at Brooks. Hold on. Will you, will you give me, will you give me a little bubble flex spot with Bryson and Bubba Watson then maybe? Will you give me a chance to swap out Bryson for Bubba Watson? A one-time only deal? Absolutely. 100%. And I'm actually going to say Bryson now. You think it's dumber? 
Oh, no, wait, I'm now kidding. you're taking Bryson? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, if you want to, go ahead. But no, no I hate I, 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 kinda, I didn't really think about it too much. You had me kind of sold in a certain way. The whole, the whole, uh, like, well, I said he wasn't going to win at winged foot and he dominated there. Be damned. I, you're I, right. When it comes to matchup know, and everything, I didn't consider that. So, for fun, the only other person I traded out with is the artiste himself who can handle dog legs better than anyone else. That's why I asked. You know who I was going to take? I was going to take Stuart Sink. Instead of who? Yeah, good point. <laughs> Look, like, maybe next time we do this, or maybe when we're getting closer to the tournament itself, we can... I don't know, do like more of a tiered system of like we you and from I would pool have to a, pool B, going pool scale, but it's like you have to pick one from one, two, and three. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, which mm-hmm. all right, I officially scribbled out Bryce and I wrote Bubba Watson down. Okay. So my turn I for the God, US if Bryson, Open. Makes, if Bryson makes the cut, I don't care how he does, and Bubba doesn't make the cut, I'm gonna find you and I'm going to kick you in the nuts so hard that you're gonna have to bite him off. I can't even finish the rest of that 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 threat. I don't even. I don't even. Wow. All right. U.S. Open at Brookline. Now, when was the last major there? Like I said, I always um, think the main Ryder Cup when it comes to the the country club. Last or major there Cup. would have been a Curtis Strange, eighty-eight U.S. Open, eighty-eight U.S. Open. It was uh, yeah, one of his back-to-backs. Was it? It was Curtis Strange, though, right? It was there, and I want to say Oak Hill. Strange won in 88 and 89. I am actually pretty dumb in that I don't know the courses he won at. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Oak Hill is the other one. But uh, was right. it, sorry, I said Curtis Strange, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. US Only two Open. majors he has are back-to-back U.S. Opens. Yeah, kind of cool. Curtis Strange um, over Nick Faldo. Um, sorry. Um yeah, this one's pretty tough. Like Matt Fitzpatrick won the U.S. Amateur there, 2013. So, I'm like nine years ago. Um, See, this is this is the course. I hate to say, it's almost about to hit like Doral status in my head right now. Where it's just like I I love this course so much, but then when I watch it, when I see people play it, I'm always underwhelmed. I'm always disappointed, and I'm just like, it's because it's the it's the exact reason why in America our capital isn't in Philly where a lot of mm-hmm. historical shit went down. They're just like, nope, we're going to make it over here instead in a different place. Because, like, like I love Brookline, but at the same time, every time I watch it, I'm like, ugh, what? No, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, the greatest game ever played. Like, I'm thinking of, like, colonial golf. I'm thinking of, like, oh, back in the day, but today, whatever. I'm just looking at going, like, what am I looking at? What, what am I looking at? There is absolutely no... All, all that's left is prestige. And that gets me so wildly distracted... I, I always get disappointed. I, I don't know. That, that's that's why I should be excited. U.S. Open at Brookline. Fuck yeah. Oh, my God. That's like three of my favorite seven words in golf. <laughs> we, we just said them right there. I mean, but I'm, I'm, I'm afraid this is going to be, maybe this will be where Xander wins and just uh, finally, you know, pops his cherry. Well, see, this course isn't going to be as long. And now this sounds crazy when I say this. It's only 7,300 yards. <laughs> right which that's isn't like, well that's actually that's short by like you know like now, now it's only par 70. yeah it's only par 70 but 7300 yards isn't like coming off a of 78 like i think they could have stretched it over 8000 yards at uh 
um, not Whistling Straits, freaking um, Kiowa, Kiowa last yeah. year. But uh, for this one, I'm going back to Victor Hovland as one. Okay. Okay. There is going to be. Are you just waiting for me to like, like, just like sell his stock, and now you're just picking you up for like pennies on the dollar? There is going to be a premium on scrambling and short game around the greens due to them being small in nature. So I need somebody who's very good at chipping and putting. Phil Nicholson, I'm writing it down. Very close. I was going with Jordan Spieth. <laughs> what? What are you doing? What are you doing? Dude, between, oh my God, between, I've been spelling Spieth wrong this whole time. Between Spieth and Hovland, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to mop your ass. And the third member of my U.S. Open squad, John Rom, for back-to-back U.S. Opens at Good the Country Club. I, I mean, that's that's why I was looking up how John Rom does at Augusta, because... I'm fascinated with like majors that are played at the same course, obviously. I mean, cause you can, you know, kind of game plan or whatever. I mean, look at Bubba Watson, like he's a lefty, but also at the same time, nine of his 11 wins have come at like three different venues. that is like at the same place every time. I mean, yeah. it, Riviera, Augusta, and then wherever the Honda classics played. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's that, Bubba Watson's made a hall of fame career racing at just three tracks <laughs> that's well tiger's well, not far off other than the majors winning eight times of firestone bay hill and well Torrey tiger Vines. yeah but tiger's a great white shark that like that he, he it's one of those things where statistically it's hard to like estimate him because he eats everybody he eats everything mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what the course is he he's gonna set a record there to the point where you're just like oh maybe he is the best golfer at st andrews i don't know that's just where he kicked the most ass randomly who knows Random thought, dude, wouldn't Bubba Watson would have been fun to see him play golf in the 1920s? Like, I wouldn't even say the 20s. I would say the 90s with a very, very spinny, balladic golf ball. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not even, well, I'm seeing where you're going with the, with the technology side of it. And that makes sense because that dominates a lot of this type of conversation. I'm just saying I could see Bobby Jones v. Bubba Watson the righty versus the lefty. Like, I mean, it, and, and just the way like Bubba's vision was, it's like, yeah, there people don't realize there is something to Bubba Watson that cannot be identified in another golfer because it's not oh, because sure. he's every shot in the bag. It's because he, like I said, and this is why I, I embrace Bryson DeChambeau and what he does. If he can think it and we can't think it, then that's the first step to achieving because he can visualize well, who says I can't hit 400 yard drives every time? <laughs> the rest of us. But if you go out there and concertedly make that your effort, who's to say that when you do it, we'll be like, oh my God, I thought planes could only fly so high. And this guy is twice as high as us. And he's ruling the skies, literally. I mean, just for every conceivable reason. So Bubba just has, he has, I have to assume, the most creative eye when it comes to golf. Absolutely. And that's something you can do a million push ups and that doesn't change that. You could be born rich or poor you could be born short or tall but it it doesn't your creative eye is something that i don't know how you cultivate and he's self-taught golfer his grip he's got 14 wraps on one hand and 12 on the other he's a very specific like he's probably the closest thing to mo norman we have on tour right now really is but i mean i would not want to i would not want to see a bubble watson driving range session because i don't think he can really call his shot he just He's like Maverick and Top Gun. He's just like, hey, watch this, or let's see what I can do. I mean, mm-hmm. so I, yeah, sorry, my Bubba 
soapbox there. But John, but the reason why I brought up is John Rahm seems to travel well. Like this guy plays good everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I thought he didn't really have a good track record against it. Turns out he does. So John Rahm should be the guy that we are always picking for every one of these tournaments, if you think about it. He's like the new DJ. I mean, in that like, oh, you you want a nice safe Quintella finishing bet there? You the, the horse that's gonna guarantee you that spot? Boom, it's one of these guys. So US Open, hmm, you made that easy for me. God, your your fucking JT pick at Southern Hills rattled me. It really did. I'm surprised nobody took Rahm at, at the PGA. Yeah. See, that's so Rom is so Rom to me right, right now might be the most interesting golfer because he is so bubbling with talent, but we just, and, and he is going to win a ton. It's just where though? Everywhere. Every golfer has like a dominating quality. Some golfers, if you start getting up the chain, like your Tiger Woods's, have several dominating qualities. John Rom is so young and so good. I can't, I haven't figured him out yet. He does I, not, everything good and things. nothing bad. I'm not comparing the two things, but John Rahm's U.S. Open, in my mental m- maturity here, or saturation, or both, I'm going to treat it as Tiger's first major, where it's like, okay, Tiger won his first major in 97. And then two and a half years went by where, okay, well, he didn't win again, but at the same time, when he burst on the scene, hello. So John Rahm, we know about. John Rahm has one major. At the same time, I'm like, I don't know. What if his swing, what if he changes his swing? Because Tiger's swing back in the 90s was very different. He mm-hmm. fired those hips. He even said, this 9-iron, I don't know if it's going to go 140 or 180. Uh, hello. Like, that's the best player in the world even at the time, admitting that, like, yeah, there's a 40-yard gap here in my distance just because the way his physicality is with the swing plane. It's beautiful. John Rahm has a very interesting swing. I, I think it's very impressive that he has a half swing and everyone does a whole like, oh, tell him to hit a draw or fade on the downswing. He'll do it. Ha ha. He does it. I think all tour players can do that. But he has a half swing, so he's got less time to think about it. But I mean, if you're good enough, you can do that. I, 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 I think because guys like Colin Morikawa have already lapped him really quickly. It's easy to forget about guys like John Rom and John Robin. John Rom is an absolute bull. He is an absolute. He's a beast in the pen, just waiting to get let out and kick that rider off in a second and a half. So, good on you for that. Um, I'm going to take JT. Um, I'm going to take Morikawa on this one as well, just because another golfer who's amazing, but I mean, I also want to see what his dominant qualities are. Hopefully they're all of them. And why did Hideki just pop through my head? That would have been cute. I think this is where I have to, I I think it's only fair to you and everyone else. I'm going to throw Bryson in there that time. I think this. I, I think this situation is generic enough that he could just walk right in and win another U.S. Open. By the way, what's the name of the U.S. Open trophy? The PGA Championship. It's the Wanamaker Cup. What's the name of the U.S. Open trophy? Because to me, out of all sports and all trophies out there, it is the most beautiful looking piece of silver. Like it's the Good it's question because uh, the U.S. Oh. Am's the the Havermeyer. Yes. U.S. Open trophy. It's called just that. I, from. I, yeah, it does not have a name. 
the tournament with no name trophy. <clears throat> All right. So mm. our final one, the open championship, which I'm glad this is the last one we're talking about as we, sorry, folks, spill over an hour, but we'll, you know, you know, tangent upon tangent, we started talking about French stuff or whatever. This is the tough one, dog, because I, not to say that I do or don't think about stuff we talk about or stuff we should talk about between our recordings. I try to. Turns out there ain't much. It just doesn't work. This whole Open Championship at St. Andrews has been perplexing me. Mm-hmm. There has to be. Smitty, let's pretend you and I are like the guys in the big short and it's the year 2006. where we're. There has to be a flaw in this system somewhere. There has okay. to be a way at the home of golf. And I'm not even going to say it's the most average, it's the easiest, it's the most consistent links course out of all their rotas out there. But, and if anyone wants to argue with me, go play them on PGA Tour 2K21 and you'll find St. Andrews, to me, seems to be the most open and forgiving and regular of the courses. The rest of the other courses seem to have a little bit more of a character. Whether it's a mm-hmm. fingerprint or whole face job, they seem to have some more character. But I love St. Andrews, though. It, to me, it's what embodies me as an American Smitty, like where I, I, I make fun of NASCAR only because they just drive in a circle or in an oval. But I, I, I like Formula One. I like uh, uh, off-road racing. I like things with tracks. I like things with like you know maneuverability, not just speed and strategy, which is something. But I mean, that's also the difference between chess and checkers. So ultimately, when I look at St. Andrews, I always look at that course going, that is the first golf race track. And isn't it perfectly fitting that it's nine holes straight out, nine holes straight back? There's a couple famous spots. But other than that, it's just it's just that. And I've always said, I want to go. I'm not a bucket lister. I would love to go play golf in Ireland and Scotland and, and England. Moreover, I'd just like to vacation there. I would just like to visit. I'd just like to holiday over there. Take a peek. But ultimately, because with the exception of the four years I lived in Colorado, and the six years I was in the Coast Guard, every other job I've had in my life has been in the golf industry. And if it wasn't for those tweed wool, crazy ass motherfucking Scots playing out of sheep beds and sheep shit for some reason, five to 600 years ago, I wouldn't have the livelihood or my favorite hobby or your favorite hobby or the and few it wouldn't exist. All this stuff, nothing would exist. I don't know what my livelihood would be. It's hard to fathom something that wasn't invented 600 years ago, how your life would be now. But I've always wanted to, and this is a, in an Indianapolis 500 term. Sorry. That's for people who aren't as educated as you, but I always wanted to go to St. Andrews and kiss the bricks. Mm-hmm. I just, I just wanted to go there. I don't have to play golf there. I just wanted to go there and like, just hang out on the first tee for like 20 minutes and, and just, and bask in it. And I, Soak I try I try not to be that sentimental of a guy or whatever, but we all should be in touch with our emotions. It's helpful. Tell you what, dog, when we were, when we went to the wife and I went to Monterey in June this year, I don't know if I mentioned this uh, shortly after we came back when we recorded, but we uh, got a cocktail, walked down to towards the fence right off 18 green at Pebble. And I just stood there. And like in the 15 minutes we stood there, five of them, I had to like, I was like fighting back tears weird it's bananas it, for no reason whatsoever i was just standing there going like i know that tree 
And I know that bunker. I've never played it before, but it was it's on TV. And that's where Tom Watson did this. And that's where Jack Nicholas did that. Oh, and that's where Tiger did this. It's the reason why I like Washington, D.C. so much in America is because it's our nation's capital. It's got great monuments and museums and they're all free and they're all open every day. So it's just like, just walk around. Look at like so-and-so stood here into this and so-and-so stood here into this. And if they didn't- Jenny, the Jenny pond, waited oh, in that pond right there. The reflection. Exactly, exactly. Well, it's, it's, it's called the reflecting pool. And yes, you you would want to step in it. It's pretty gross. It's gross enough. Koi fish should live in it. But ultimately, it's I, I want to. And to people who don't understand what the kiss the bricks means, the Brickyard 500 is a big race. Not the Indianapolis 500. I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure the Brickyard. I think it's in the Brickyard. The, the the Brickyard 400 is a NASCAR race at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Okay, thank you. You're, you're thinking the Indy 500. Which the no, winners... well, no, that's what, that's what I mistakenly said at first. But what, but but the Brickyard, it used to be, I guess, back in the day, a race on bricks. But now they mm-hmm. just have one little stretch, one little strip there of bricks. If anyone... finish line, yes. And and a lot of people they they kiss the bricks, paying homage to the sport. That's what I mean. Which I feel, oh man, now I feel retarded using a NASCAR term for golf, which has been around way longer and way more prestigious and way more lucrative. But. I would love to go to St. Andrews and kiss the bricks. I, I, I will stay at any hotel there. I will eat at any pub. I will drink room temperature Guinness. Two things in that sentence I don't agree with. Dude, they don't quit. drink room temperature Guinness over there. I heard no wait. I heard I heard British they people actually, enjoy they actually have room temperature beer cold. and Americans enjoy cold. No, they actually have extra cold Guinness over there. You can order your Guinness extra cold. Okay, so is, is this unreal. an urban legend that nobody's really debunked then? Yes. Nobody drinks fucking warm beer over there. Okay. No, hey, no. Look, I'm not saying warm beer is a bad thing, dog. I have been to enough wine things. I ha- Hold on. There's a thing to the palate. Cold yeah, so closes down. Is. Warm opens up. Yes, yes, yes. There's Sometimes I'll have a can of IPA, but I'll leave it out and then drink it room temperature because it is different flavored. Maybe it's different. It's Look different. At you. So who's gonna win at the open championship? Um <laughs> all right, this is where I'm okay. Now this sucks. I'm going DJ. Mm-hmm. I'm going Morikawa. Shocking. Well, I, I feel see, this is what I'm trying to get at. I can't figure out the sport <laughs> for the tournament, so I'm gonna go with my big oh and fuck you, I'm going Rom. Take that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, you like you like that. <laughs> you like that. <laughs> there's there's like six other good golfers I could pick for this tournament. There really is. I mean, Brooks Kepka is going to win one of these the second I don't pick him. But I mean, he took the words out of my mouth. <clears throat> Brooks. Oh, you, Brooks you, want, you, want you said you said Bryson DeChambeau. What? I said Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka. I said. Jordan Spieth. Oh my God! Oh, you slime minx! I'm gonna. Oh, I gotta create a hashtag to hound your ass mercilessly all year. Where it's like, hey, everybody, you see this guy? He picked Jordan Spieth, not to win every major, but all four he picked him. <laughs> I'm gonna have so much egg in my face. Is this why? Is this how you're gonna eat your ten to one? <laughs> You're oh, yeah. <laughs> Eventually, something's got to pay off, right? 
Oh God, you're such a dick. I just now realized. And in this, <laughs> in, in the spirit of, you know, give him enough chances and he might win one of these things again. Louis Oosthuizen. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned his name. And as we know, that this is the spot of his one achievement ever in golf. That's correct. Um, no, I got, I actually got into, I wouldn't call it an argument or a tiff with Kit Man online or whatever, but he was talking about, I don't know if you caught that. He was talking about how Louis Oosthuizen has been picked a lot to win a major next year. And I just, I love the guy. I really do. I swear to fucking God, he and I are like brothers separated at birth somehow, but I'm on, I know he doesn't listen. If he does, Kit, take this as constructive advice. I love you, but you literally sound like a guy who started golfing a week ago, half the time. You just do. But half your stuff is really profound. The other half is, like he said, he's like, oh, I heard Louis Ousse isn't getting picked to win a bunch of majors next year. I'm like, who do you fucking listen to? I have not heard that once. He, I have not thought of him since he fell apart in the U.S. Open, and then I'm pretty sure we buried him 12 feet deep after that. So, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty much done with Louis. I am. Good for you. Oh, God. Oh, this is the – oh. You just want to upset Jerry this year. That's all you want to do. <laughs> it's so easy. It, it honestly is very easy. <laughs> I'm fragile. All right. Smitty, it's been great chatting with you. It's great that Augie's been quiet. And I know I just ruined it. Hockey's on in the background. The Kraken suck. But I have a big question for you to wrap up this Shoot. show. Um, the wife and I are planning a golf trip this year, a big one. We're thinking Wisconsin. We mm-hmm. looked at all the courses we want to go to in Wisconsin to name a few, mm-hmm. Kohler, Aaron Hills, Whistling Straits. Uh, okay, see, I'm already leaving four off that I just Sand Valley. Sand Valley, yeah, that's number one, Sand Valley. But she was looking up the rates and she noticed how they really don't really waver in price. And she's like, do they have any like lower rates, or whatever? I'm like, oh, no, hun, because when they're closed, like when they, they're open, they're full price because they're not mm-hmm. open all the time. So, I mean, it's if they're open from April to October. Especially Whistling Straits, dog. Ever since the Ryder Cup, they gone to like six hundred bucks. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. It's not on my bucket list to go play there. It's not to me either, because they have a lot of people don't know they have thirty six holes there. Nobody talks about the Irish course and the Straits mm-hmm. course. The Straits course. We'll see now. Despite the high greens fees and the fact I've heard that you have to be staying on property to get a tee time, also the actual course layout itself. I really do like whistling straights. I, I'm not saying I'd have to try it or I want to try it, but I'm 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 very I'd be very curious just to 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 play it. I mean it, mm-hmm. it really I can't let me put it this way. I'd rather play whistling straights than pebble. As a person who's played neither. Hmm. And in terms of like wanting and liking wanting to play them and liking the courses both for the same appeal I saw them on TV, I'd rather play whistling straights. I, I'd rather play Pebble, but if you are going to Wisconsin, you need to play. It's a public course. Uh, it is. I, I don't think it's been recently restored or renovated, but it's a very, very classical, intact. Um, it's not a Tillinghast, and it's not a Ross. I, it, it's done by a famous art. It might be a Ross. Um, it's called La, uh, La, La Sonia Links. Um, it is kind of between Madison and Sand Valley, a little bit out of the way. I want to say it's like 45 minutes from Madison. Um, but make sure that's on your list. Lawsonia links. Well, and here is the last thing I'll say to you before we wrap up. And it's a new thought in my head. You know where I want to play golf, Smitty? Utah. You and Tony Finau both. 
do no screw that that nothing to do with that <laughs> you we, and zach blair when we, both when we get off the when we get off the air i'll look up all of jack's runner-ups you look up golf in utah and just tell me what you think of the views or whatever i mean i don't know what the major towns they are that are around there i can't name some of these courses aspen I just know. Is it, it's aspen is it 15 miles away you gotta excuse my friend he's a little slow but you can find him at Bomb Squad, Matt on Twitter and all social media. I'm at Jerry Lou Looper, and uh, yeah, Smitty, uh, look up. Uh, I, I asked all our listeners to look up, but they never get back to us, even when I order them to do things. So you, you want if if anyone tells me anything about Utah, I'm gonna ignore it. You can say the best thing or the worst thing about Utah. I'm gonna ignore it. I'm gonna ignore everything you say because you guys don't say anything. Anyways, Smitty, look up Utah golf. I would, I, I would like to actually rather go there instead of Wisconsin. So good chatting with you, buddy. Same to you, sir. 2022 off to a good start. And if you're playing golf somewhere, uh, hit it where the mowers go or something and, and bomb those b- bitches away. Bombs away, bitches.